This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. In today's episode, I talk with Mary Tomlinson about her early years as a Christian and what it was like being a marketing brand director for Disney World. We discuss her passion to help women live out their God-given purpose and discover their unique design. Mary offers encouragement to all of the mothers out there who work outside of the home full-time. Listen to what Mary has to say about a mother's choice to work. My coaching is always do your own self-reflection. Realize how God has created you. And whatever you choose to do, do it joyfully. Because if I were to stay at home because I think I need to stay at home and be bitter about that, my kids would pick up on that and feel like they are the cause of my unhappiness. Or if I worked and I was unhappy working, then my children are going to believe that working is bad. Hi, Mary. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here and just look forward to hearing about your story. Thanks, Amber. Will you take a few moments and introduce us to yourself, your family, and give us a little glimpse into your career? Oh, my goodness. That's a big question. Well, I have lots of loves in my life. Let's put it that way. I love the Lord. I love my husband of 40 years. I love my two children that are now married and have families of their own. I love my grandbabies uh, from age one to four. I love sports and I love my work. I have been working, goodness, for over 45 years I was uh, in the hospitality industry with theme parks and resorts in Florida for the first uh, 25 years of my life. And 18 of those were with the Disney company, which was a wonderful experience. And then I've had my own company now for the last 19 years. Um, and I do consulting and coaching in the areas of company culture and teamwork leadership development, uh, and even marketing and branding. And I do work, as I say, for fee, and I do work for free, which (laughs) is a lot of the nonprofit work that I do as well. Awesome. Well, before we get into a lot of those details, you said you like sports. So who's are, who are your teams? Well, see, we <laughs> moved to Florida, or, uh, we moved to Raleigh five years ago. So now I have lots of college basketball. Oh, yes. Uh, all to root on here. But I grew up just loving all kinds of sports. So Um, My son now lives in Chicago, so the Chicago Cubs are a big team. And when we moved to North Carolina, now it's the Carolina Panthers. And again, college football, college uh, basketball, 
just all things sports. Yeah, my husband and I, we lived in Tampa for, Mm -hmm. well, he's from Florida, but we lived in Tampa for eight years before moving here. So he has always been a Tampa Bay Rays fan and a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. So we were as well. Yes, very familiar with the Florida sports culture. (laughs) All right. Well, to get us going, Take me back to when you first met Jesus. How did your faith journey begin and how did that impact the start of your career? So my faith journey was that I grew up Catholic. uh, So I went to church every Sunday, but then my mother divorced my father when I was 10, which in the Catholic church at that time, probably that's now, you know, over 50 years ago, uh, both of my mother and my father were excommunicated, which meant they couldn't go to church anymore. And they were both going to hell. And I just didn't understand that. So I just felt like this God was a very judging God. And I really didn't want to have anything to do with them. So I walked away in my teenage years. um, But someone brought me to a Christian coffee house in my teenage years. And I came to know Jesus and his love for me and that he wasn't up there keeping track of everything Mm. I did wrong. And it just transformed my life. I just fell in love with the Lord. Um, So clearly when I started my career, probably 19 or 20, there were you know, all kinds of decisions and uh, perspectives that I had to bring my Christian worldview into those situations. Not of them always easy, uh, wasn't always successful, but it has always been a part of my working career. Well, and you worked at Disney Mm -hmm. for 15 years Mm -hmm. in some fairly large roles. Can you share with our listeners (laughs) all about your time at Disney? And I know at one point you were dealing with a 65, is it million dollar budget? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is that? What did day to day life for Mary (laughs) look like? Well, lots of meetings. Lots and lots of meetings. You know, just it it was a fabulous experience. Uh, Their attention to detail, the level of creativity and innovation. Uh, I managed teams of eight people to 800 people. So every day was a little bit different, but it really was what is the best thing for our guests, which are our customers. We call them our guests. And again, what I remember was just lots of meetings, lots of focus. I was there at such an interesting time because I joined Disney right after Epcot was open. Okay. And we had a real marketing branding challenge because the general understanding was, well, we marketed Disneyland in California and we marketed the Magic Kingdom in Florida and this should be easy. Well, Epcot wasn't easy. Mm. And we figured out that we didn't really even know what it was. So it's very hard to market, which you don't really know. So that then we started a whole series of focusing on branding. What is it? What makes it unique? So we were always just digging in to find the best thing we could do. Disney has a very high focus on excellence, a very high focus on creativity. And so I learned a lot during those Mm -hmm. times, both during the 
fun times, but this, I always equate it to like a, a duckling that's going across a lake and you see the top of the duckling and he's pretty and it's going smoothly. And what you never see are the feet right. and working at Disney is the feet. It was a lot of hours. There was a lot of intense meetings, um, but it's an experience I will never forget. Yeah. I mean, you must have had little people in your house during that time, correct? I did. And that was one of those really tough but important decisions. When my children were born, I had to make a decision of whether I would be a better mother as a working mother Mm -hmm. or a stay-at-home mother. And through lots of self-reflection and prayer, I decided I would be a better working mother. Thankfully, Disney did have what they called kinder care right on property. So I was able to take my kids to kinder care every day and pick them up every day. And we would both talk about what our days were like, which was really fun. I mean, I remember one story when I picked up my daughter and I asked her, I told, I had to tell her that it had been a very important day for me because I had been promoted. And she said, and I said, so Sarah, tell me about your day. And she said, well, we had spaghetti today. <laughs> so we could share our day's challenges and stories together. And thankfully, uh, they, again, are grown, both love the Lord. So I had made the right choice for me as a working mom. Well, and I love that you share that because there's so much tension in our culture between whether you should stay at home or whether you should work. Like there's a right or wrong answer, and that's Mm -hmm. just not the case. Well, every woman is different, and there are so many options today. And every family is different. Yes. You can work full-time. You can work part-time. You can work at home. You can work in in the marketplace. My coaching is always do your own self-reflection, realize how God has created you and whatever you choose to do, do it joyfully. Because if I were to stay at home because I think I need to stay at home and be bitter about that, my kids would pick up on that and feel like they are the cause of my unhappiness. Or if I worked and Mm -hmm. I was unhappy working, then my children are going to believe that working is bad. So whatever I choose, they need to know that it's good mm-hmm. and it's the right thing. So it is it, it is a big decision. And actually that whole process was partially about uh, starting a nonprofit in Orlando, which I then started here in Raleigh. Oh, wow. I hope we get to talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Well, I'm happy to. Yeah. So... Eventually, you leave Disney and you start the On Purpose Partners. What led you to that decision, that next step in in leaving this, I mean, just monumental career, really? (laughs) Not leaving it, but stepping aside, because I know it can be, I'm sure the hours and things like that can be very exhausting, but that's still a big change. It was a very big change. And the Lord started working in my heart about a year before I left, and I actually was going to him and saying, I don't think I'm happy here anymore, but I don't know what's next. And for a while, the Lord said, I want you to stay. And I did. And then the company had a voluntary severance program in which he said, now is the time to leave. And I said, okay, so what am I going to do next? Because my kids at the time were in high school, getting ready to go to college. I was the breadwinner at our home. And 
I just, and I just said, Lord, okay, I need to have a plan. And he said, no, I want you to take a step of faith. I mm. want you to leave this six-figure job and take a step of faith. So I knew I wanted to try to start my own business. Um, I did not have a plan, which is always really the easier way when you're leaving a job. But I had hit a plateau at Disney and I'm a person that needs new things. Mm -hmm. And so um, I stepped away in July of 2001, which is very interesting timing when you think of what happened several months later on 9-11. Absolutely. And if I had not left when I did, I probably would have been too frightened to leave. So I took a step away and started to do a lot of self-reflection on who I was and what I really wanted to do and what would make my heart sing and put one foot in front of the other. And over the next three years, used every penny of savings that we had toward this dream. And it really stretched my faith because I knew the Lord had told me to leave. And it just took a while for the business to start to grow. Wow. And here we are 19 years later, and we're doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and the theme of so many of the interviews that I have done thus far has been just take the next step that God's calling you to take, and he's going to provide. It's not this monumental, here it is, here's the whole plan. It's just take the next step. We'd love for him to show us the whole plan. And you know, someone said to me, we, we want God to show us a spotlight of everything that's coming. And instead, he gives us a little flashlight mm -hmm. to show us what the next step is. Yeah, just to barely light the path in front of us. Well, so you launched this when you still lived in Florida. Mm -hmm. How long were you in Florida before taking this business that you've created and moving to Raleigh? Uh, probably 14 years in Florida, I built the business. And then my daughter, who lives about an hour south of Raleigh, called and said, I'm pregnant and I want you to live closer. And I said to my husband, I can live anywhere. Put the house up for sale. Yay! And we did. And we moved. And I had to laugh because they say when you start your own business, it takes three years to get it up and running. So then I moved here in my late 50s and thought, but, oh my goodness, the three years starts all over again. And it did, although this time at least I had other clients in other places, so it wasn't quite as desperate as the first time around. But there are always new beginnings and new adventures for all of us in which we just have to trust the Lord. Yeah. Well, and it's very clear, you know, in your business, you do coaching and workshops and all different types of client work. But it's very obvious that you have a passion for women to do what they're designed to do. What are some ways that you teach and train women in that way? So one of my passions, which is both for fee and for free, is helping individuals understand their God-given purpose. And the work that Kevin McCarthy has done, his book, he's had two books for probably the last 20 years, The On-Purpose Person and The On-Purpose Business. So this whole concept of articulating your purpose, your vision, your mission, and your values, both works in the corporate and the organizational world mm -hmm. as part of branding. Right. And it works individually. And so I've had the privilege of working with 
hundreds of men and women on articulating their two-word purpose, uh, their vision, their mission, their values. And then I've had the opportunity to travel with an organization called Women Doing Well, which seeks to help women be even more generous. They did a, uh, a survey probably seven years ago now on women and generosity. And it turned out to be the largest philanthropic survey ever done. Wow. And women said they wanted to be more generous, but in order to be generous, they needed to know three things. They needed to know their purpose. They needed to know their passion and they needed to have a plan. So about seven years, seven years ago, this group contacted me and said they were going to go on the road and do these all-day conferences across the country. So to date, we've done about 18 of them. So I've had the privilege over the last seven years to speak to thousands of women about their purpose and helping them think about their unique God-given design and be able to articulate the ultimate why question, why am I here? Why did God make me this way? So that they can be sure of their unique purpose and have more days that are on purpose. So is this conference that you do, is this part of the nonprofit work? Yes, it is. And then there are Two other nonprofits, one in which I'm the president of, and then I'm on a board here locally. The nonprofit that I was a part of the originating group in Orlando was designed for Christian women in the marketplace. Because at times, Christian women in the, in the workplace can feel isolated, can feel isolated in the workplace. And sometimes, although I will tell you it's gotten much better over the last 34 years, uh, sometimes even isolated at church because sometimes the women's ministries uh, don't meet at times we can meet. And sometimes they just don't understand working women. But I will say that's gotten much better. So I was a part of the originating group in Orlando. This group was called J4 Leaders. And J4 is from Judges 4 and okay. Deborah. Yeah. So typically in the Old Testament, women, you know, were um, at, at a lower esteem but here was Deborah, who was a leader of Israel and led them successfully into battle. So if women who were typically marginalized in the Old Testament can lead successfully in the Old Testament, then God can use us as leaders today. So I was a part of that group for about 12 years. And when I moved to Raleigh, I was determined to either find a group here or start one. And there was not one. So we started a non, which is now a nonprofit, Professional Christian Women, or PCW, here in Raleigh for the sole mission and purpose to encourage Christian women in the marketplace. We say, if, you, if God has given you the work gene, you can love Jesus and love to work. I and love God it. will use you. God will use you. But because they feel isolated, coming together just to mutually encourage one another, talk about issues that we all face, seek God and seek his word, and then be commissioned back into the marketplace as our mission fields is really the purpose of professional Christian women. And so then do you meet monthly with professional Christian women? We do. And as a matter of fact, we now have 
four different locations in North Carolina, and I've gotten requests from others across the country who just Googled professional Christian women, found us, called me, said, do you have a chapter? And I would say, well, no, but I will help you start a chapter. And so we're just kind of seeing where God is taking this, but it really resonates with professional Christian women. And we need the encouragement. Just it's a time of not only learning how you can be equipped in that place, but also just being encouraged by fellow Christian women who are also working. Absolutely. So I love that. Well, and you have written, you've gathered a collection of stories Mm -hmm. and you've written a book that I have not read, but I'm really looking forward to reading because it sounds just like a book that I would love. And so talk to us about what kind of led to that writing process, um, all about the book. Maybe share a few stories from there. So again, Kevin had written this book, The On Purpose Person, which is sort of a a man going through the on purpose process. We do coaching. And so as I was speaking to these thousands of women across the country, they would say to me, his book is great, but you need to write one for women. And I just would go to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, so what is this book going to be about? I can't just put a woman in the story that that's already been done. And I felt like the Lord said, it's stories. Mm -hmm. It's women's stories. And I felt like he said, I want you to go back to women that you have coached over the last 15 years. And I want you to ask them to write their stories. Well, I felt very vulnerable in that because if I had gone back to them and they had said, well, you know, thanks for asking, but it's really not relevant to me anymore. It would be embarrassing for me and embarrassing for them. And I told my husband, I said, well, I'm going to send out 35 requests and I hope I get eight or nine. Right. And he said, I think you're going to get a lot more than that. The book today has 32 women's stories of them finding their own purpose, struggling in their own lives, whether they are single, divorced, young, old, empty nester, working, fill in the blank. But how God met them in the process, how he has continued to show them who they are and the work that he has for them to do. And it has kind of a story by story, step by step of how you can explore your own life through their story. So there could be a specific topic of someone's story. So there's a couple stories. There was one woman. One of the things we do is we look at all of the wants in our lives and we run a tournament like an NCAA tournament (laughs) on what is most important. And she was fairly wealthy. Her husband was a doctor. She had lots of wants in all the areas of life, financial, spiritual, family, social, physical, et cetera, et cetera. And she ran all these tournaments and the single most important thing in her life was her marriage, Mm -hmm. which really surprised her. But when she started to think about it, she realized that their lives had gotten so busy and their kids were getting ready to move out that she had not spent enough time with her husband. Another woman went through a similar process and her number one want was to do a family reunion. And she said, 
this is so strange. And I said, you need to do this. So I saw her about three months later and she told me she had done the family reunion and I was so proud of her. And I saw her again another three months later, asked her to come and speak with me at a luncheon. And she said, I would be happy to do that, but I need to tell you something. And I said, okay. And she said, my father passed away three weeks ago. She said, I now know why I was called to do that family reunion. And her two-word purpose statement was creating imprints. So all of this, it just gives us such an opportunity to listen to God's whisper in our lives. Our lives are so busy and so loud. Yes. And he is not going to scream. So when we take some time to think and reflect and ponder amazing things kind of finally bubble up those little quiet voices now have the opportunity to speak and we have the opportunity to hear them that is so good and so true just as it's so hard to sit in the solitude and actually ask ourselves some of the hard questions cuz sometimes we're mm-hmm. running from them mhm Well, the Mm -hmm. name of the book is Wholehearted Purpose, Women Discovering Their One-of-A-Kind Design. Where can we find it? It's on Amazon. All right. Everything (laughs) is on Amazon, right? New and used. So, you know, there's all kinds of opportunity there. So before we close out, I always ask my guests a series of questions. And the first one being a season in your life. We always have to rely on the grace of God, but I think we all have seasons in our life where we can do nothing else but cling to him. Do you have a season that you could share with us where you've really clung to the grace of God? There are so many of them. One of the most dramatic was when I started my business and we started to use all of our savings and I would cry out to God and say, that was my security. Mm -hmm. And he would say, I want to be your security. And whose money is it? Well, it's your money, Lord. If this is how I want to use it, then will you surrender it? And it was painful and there were lots of tears. And it was a season of life of sheer and total dependency. And as you said earlier, putting one foot in front of the other every day. Yeah. Well, is there an area of your life where you feel you could pour out the grace that God has given you more into a situation? I would say on a daily basis is to try to swim up against the stream of our world pace and loudness and to be fully present and to be patient with myself, with others, with God, because our world just seems to go faster and faster. And if we're not careful, we get so swept up in it. We lose our joy and we lose his voice. And I know in my life, it's just something I just have to be very aware of and realize that Jesus gave us such a wonderful model of not racing around like everybody wanted him to race around so that we need to follow that. It just, it gets harder in our world's pace today, but I know how critical it is for me and for everyone. I, you are ministering to me. So thank you for that. (laughs) Slow down. Mm -hmm. Everything's not the most important thing. And lastly, if you could sit down with your great grandchildren and give them some wisdom, 
What's something you would want them to know? I would want them to know that number one, God is unchanging and he is faithful. We may not see it. We may not feel it, but he is faithful. Um, We've talked a lot today about putting one foot in front of the other. And I know in my own life, there are some days I feel like I have on fast sneakers and I can run with the wind and it is effortless. And there are other days I feel like I have army boots on and I'm in the mud and I can only go so fast. And I have to understand so that there are some days that I can take one step and it's hard. And there are other days steps are easy, but I have to take a step and I have to move forward. And the last thing, which is my passion around purpose, is that every individual has a unique design by God. When he created you in your mother's womb, there is no one like you ever have been, ever will be. And it's up to us to discover that design and to live it out and to just be on purpose doing what God created us to do. But we all have that design. Well, Mary, if someone is very interested in everything that you've said and need some of the assistance to learn their purpose, where can they find you? So marytomlinson.com is my website. Kevin McCarthy right now has a online tool which can be found at onpurpose.me, M-E. It's $5, but it does allow someone to kind of run through a purpose tool, which is just really super. But I think those are two resource locations that would just really benefit your listeners. Yes. And I will make sure that I put those in the show notes too, so that people can find the links very easily. Well, Mary, thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Amber. This has been a blessing. It's episode 13, and the last Thursday, I will be releasing new episodes. The plan was to release two episodes per week through March, which I have done and am admittedly proud of accomplishing. Thank you to each listener who has sent me an email, a text message, a direct message, and for those who have verbally affirmed me. You are who reminds me that God is continuing his story through each one of his people. New episodes will continue to be released every Tuesday from this point forward with the occasional bonus episode. Will you continue to share Grace Enough Podcast with your friends? And if you have not subscribed, head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play and click the subscribe button. Clicking that subscribe button guarantees that you will not miss a new episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode is brought to you in part by the Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries podcast. Do you want to grow in your influence? Bow's episodes feature tips for leaders of any kind, from mentoring one woman to leading a ministry. Browse Bow's podcast at beyondordinarywomen.org.